Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Eric Corum, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. Today's episode is a continuation in a series I'm doing on how to build the capacity to adapt to stress. And today, we're focusing on the first pillar for building adaptive capacity, which is sleep. The British dramatist Thomas Decker once said that sleep is the golden chain that ties our health and human bodies together. I don't think there could be a truer statement about sleep than this. Sleep is so critical that without it, you will die. It's as important to your survival as water and food. Why? Because it's our body and brain's primary recovery mechanism. There are so many different things happening during sleep that it would take hours for me to detail all the physiological processes and to outline in depth sleep architecture. So today's episode is meant to be a high level overview. And if you want to go deeper, go back to episode 71, which was sleep 101. I think I did almost an hour on sleep. Sleep impacts everything from your mood, body composition, energy, focus, brain health, hormone regulation. It's that powerful. If I could sum up the power of sleep in a few short sentences, it would be this. For adaptation to occur, You need the appropriate dose of stress paired with adequate rest. And sleep is the rest part of the equation. It is what enables you to take on physical and psychological stress and thrive. And there are three big areas that I want to highlight regarding the purpose of sleep that enable us to adapt to stress. And that is restoration. Restoration of the endocrine system, immune system, and our tissues. Let's talk about the immune system for a second. There is overwhelming evidence that sleep enhances our immune defenses. And there's a great paper that I'm going to link in the show notes on sleep and immune function if you want to take a deeper dive. But here's the high-level overview. Sleep is very important for initiating effective adaptive immune responses that eventually produce long-lasting immunological memory, meaning your body remembers foreign invaders as fought off before and it can respond quickly to neutralize those threats. In addition, nocturnal sleep periods significantly downregulate two primary stress systems, the HPA axis and the sympathetic nervous system, with a concomitant drop in blood levels of cortisol, epinephrine, and norepinephrine, aka adrenaline. Conversely, mediators of cell regeneration and growth, growth hormone, prolactin, and melatonin increase significantly during sleep. Melatonin, by the way, isn't just a sleepy hormone. It's one of the most powerful antioxidants that we know of. And despite their different cellular sources, growth hormone, prolactin, melatonin, and leptin exert remarkable synergistic actions on the immune systems. They are pro-inflammatory signals that support immune cell activation, proliferation, differentiation, and production of pro-inflammatory cytokines. Here's the key thing to remember. During wakeful periods, cortisol and catecholamines are generally elevated and they suppress these immune functions. So there's this balance. So sleep is absolutely critical in building our immunological memory and creating the conditions for healthy immune function. Next, I want to highlight the endocrine system. I'm not going to go into all the hormones that sleep impacts, but I'm going to talk about testosterone for a second. The majority of testosterone is released for men during sleep. Sleep fragmentation and sleep apnea are associated with reduced levels of testosterone. And the relationship is so strong that you can actually predict morning testosterone levels in older men by measuring total sleep time. One week of sleep restriction to five hours a night has been demonstrated to reduce testosterone by 10 to 15%. 
a condition experienced by at least 15% of the U.S. working population. Now, testosterone naturally decreases about 1% to 2% per year. So think about this. Sleep loss has a greater impact on your testosterone level than aging. Sleep also impacts the hunger hormones leptin and ghrelin. And research demonstrates that when you experience partial sleep deprivation, that's not total sleep deprivation, that's just partial, like you're staying up late to do extra work, stuff like that. The average person eats an additional 385 calories. They overconsume food because of a dysregulation of leptin or the hormone that drives hunger. Your hormones are literally fighting against your willpower to eat a eucaloric diet when you are in a state of sleep deprivation. Now that's powerful. The next hormone I want to discuss is growth hormone, and this ties into the next topic of tissue regeneration. You see, growth hormone is released in a pulsatile manner, specifically during non-REM sleep and even more specifically during slow-wave sleep. And the biggest pressure for slow-wave sleep is early in the evening when we're sleeping. So like 10 a.m. to 2 a.m. is where you're going to have this big pulse of growth hormone, which helps with tissue regeneration. Also, though, during REM sleep, the brain is partially disconnected from the body due to a blocking of corticospinal pathways at the brainstem and motor activity is suppressed. So literally, all your muscles are in a state of total relaxation, which helps with restoration. And there's also some thoughts that this mechanism may be protecting you from acting out crazy things that you're dreaming while you sleep. The next subject I want to discuss is brain detoxification. Okay, the brain has a built-in detox system called the glymphatic system. And this system was written about in detail in the journal Trends in Neuroscience, a self-press journal. I've grabbed several key quotes in there to share with you here. I'll put them in the show notes. But this was a great article that I found that kind of highlighted all the things that we've learned in about the past 10 to 15 years. Essentially, this system enables the inflow of cerebrospinal fluid into the brain, which mixes with interstitial fluid and eventually is transported out of the central nervous system by traditional lymphatic vesicles located in the meninges and in the soft tissue surrounding the skull. This is important because the glymphatic lymphatic system clears key proteins involved in neurodegeneration. And conversely, inhibition of this system accelerates protein accumulation and cognitive decline in mouse models of Alzheimer's disease, traumatic brain injury, and Parkinson's disease. Glymphatic clearance is primarily active during sleep. Thus, sleep is required for clearance of waste products that build up during the waking phases of life. So during the day, you're building up all this junk in your brain, and when we sleep, it flushes it all out. And perhaps this explains the revitalization effect that we feel after a good night of sleep. Finally, I want to talk about neuroplasticity in regards to learning and memory consolidation. First thing I want to highlight is neuroplasticity, which is the nervous system's ability to modify itself in response to experience. So this can happen in a lot of different ways. It can happen through learning, through exercise, through practice of various different um, skills. So learning and memory consolidation is something that I think we all want. We want to get better at work. We got to learn new skills. We got to consolidate those memories. And the way this happens is through neuroplasticity. So when you sit down to learn something difficult, you must focus your attention. Okay, so let's say you want to learn a new language or a new skill at work, you got to sit down and focus intently, which leads to feelings of agitation. This is good. This is positive stress, because you're ramping up your sympathetic nervous system. And this is that stress response, which releases acetylcholine and adrenaline. 
The brain then marks specific neurons that you use during this focused learning period for change when you sleep. So when you sleep, your brain strengthens these connections and selectively weakens others. Tononi and Sorelli have written some great papers on this, and they have a really cool statement that I want to share with you. They say sleep is the price the brain pays for plasticity. I think that is a marvelous way of looking at this. So if you want to change your brain, you must expose it to stress and the strain of learning and then provide your brain sleep so you can cement those learnings. So here's what I want you to walk away with today. If you want to adapt to stress, if you want to improve at anything in life, you have to have the appropriate dose of stress with the appropriate dose of rest. And that is why sleep is one of the pillars for building adaptive capacity. And in the next episode, when we discuss adaptive capacity, we'll discuss the behaviors you need to engage in and the behaviors you should avoid so that you can create the conditions for restful and fulfilling sleep. Thank you for listening to the Blueprint Podcast today. And if you enjoyed this episode on building adaptive capacity, would you do me a favor and take a screenshot of the podcast and post it on whichever social media platform you're on? And do me a favor and tag me in that post and tell me what you loved about this episode. Thanks again for listening. And I'll catch you on the next episode.